the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. They tend to exclude any human involvement in this process. That everything will be fine if I just give my problem to the Lord. That's all I need to do. No, that's not all you need to do. I just need to yield. That's not all you need to do. I just, I can't, but God can. That's not what the Bible teaches. Just let go and let God. That's not, that's a, that's a cute little phraseology that someone came up with. That's not what the Bible teaches. We certainly need to understand the balance between God's role in spiritual growth and our role in spiritual growth. And that's what 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 11 is about. Let go and let God. I heard that a lot as a young believer in the 70s. And there is a lot of yielding involved in spiritual growth, but it has to do with obedience, not with inactivity. The Apostle Peter clearly expresses that balance between our responsibility and God's empowerment in the first chapter of his second epistle. And that's our text again today on Verse by Verse. Welcome. Verse by Verse is a daily radio Bible class led by Pastor Steve Kreloff, the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today, Pastor Steve is launching his second message in this series dealing with God's provisions for our spiritual growth. In our last three programs, Pastor Steve shared from verses 3 and 4 of 2 Peter chapter 1 that God has given us all we need for spiritual growth. Now, as we move on to the following verses, we find that Peter had a challenge for us. It's a challenge we could never meet without God's equipping. But God gave us the scripture and he gave us a new nature. Now he wants us to put those powerful tools to use so that we will not stumble in our faith. Here's Pastor Steve now with today's lesson. I'd like you to turn your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1. We began our study of this wonderful letter several weeks ago. We want to continue this morning looking at verses 5 through 11, which really start another section, but in another sense uh, is connected back to the verses we looked at last week. And we'll just see sort of the progressive flow of Peter's second letter. Second Peter chapter 1, and I want to read to you verses 5 through 11. Now for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply or add moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you, for as long as you practice these things, you'll never stumble or you'll never fall. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. These verses 
have a lot of truths in them, but basically they revolve around one theme, one basic truth, and the truth is this, that all believers in Jesus Christ are to make every effort to grow spiritually. The Bible talks about spiritual growth. The Bible tells us that that once we are born again, once we have trusted Jesus Christ, that's not the, the end. That's only the beginning. We are to grow in him. In fact, Peter will end his, his second letter by telling us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we have physical life, we are to grow physically. So we have been given spiritual life and we are to grow spiritually. And that's what these verses are about. But these verses don't simply tell us to grow. These verses tell us that we are to make every effort to grow, that we are to be disciplined, that we are to be diligent in uh, in all this. In fact, verse 5 starts off by telling us, for this very reason, applying all diligence or make every effort, as the NIV says. And yet, as soon as the words effort or diligence or words like that are mentioned in the context of spiritual growth, some people have a real difficult time with that. It really uh, presents problems to them. And the reason they struggle with these terms in the context of spiritual growth is because they think that by saying uh, we're to have effort and apply diligence, that we're bypassing God, that God is out of the picture because in their theology, God alone by the Holy Spirit is the one who uh, who does all of the growth process in us, and uh, we really don't have any responsibility. It is God and God alone. In fact, I had a, a roommate at Bible college who had a view like this. Um, no matter what problem he faced, his solution always was that I just need to be crucified with Christ. I need to crucify the flesh, or I need to die to self, no matter what it was. That was his answer, or something like that. And you got the the impression from hearing him and how he approached problems was that he was totally out of the picture as far as uh, the, the more formal word for growth is sanctification, as far as sanctification, spiritual growth, maturity is concerned, because uh, you got the impression that he viewed himself as a passive bystander in this whole process of spiritual maturity. And, you know, my old roommate is not the only one who uh, has thought that way. There have been many Christians. There have been whole movements. There have been Bible conferences that perhaps you've been at that has taught what is known as the deeper life and the view of of growth. And and, uh, I'm sure there are some of you right here who have that view, but maybe have not articulated it. And and the reason I know that is because there are people who give themselves away in how they uh, tell you, how they express the way they should deal with a problem. And and you hear such expressions like this, I just need to yield to the Lord. That's all I need to do. Just yield to the Lord and that's it. Or um, I need to give God the problem. If I just give him the problem, that will solve it. Uh, or I just need to let go and let God. Or something like, uh, I can do it, but he can. Now, I, I want to say all of these phrases have some truth in them some wonderful truths in it. We certainly do need to yield to the Lord. We certainly do need to to cast our burdens upon upon the Lord. We certainly do need to make sure that we're not holding on to things that we ought to let go of and give it to God. There's no, there's no quarrel with that. But the danger with these phrases and what they express is that they don't go far enough. They don't go far enough. They, they don't take it to in, the, in the sense that they balance out spiritual growth. They tend to exclude any human involvement in this process. That everything will be fine if I just give my problem to the Lord. That's all I need to do. No, that's not all you need to do. I just need to yield. That's not all you need to do. 
I just, I can't, but God can. That's not what the Bible teaches. Just let go and let God. That's not, that's a, that's a cute little phraseology that someone came up with. That's not what the Bible teaches. We certainly need to understand the balance between God's role in spiritual growth and our role in spiritual growth. And that's what 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 5 through 11 is about. Peter strikes the perfect balance between God's responsibility in changing us and our responsibility in putting some effort into this. So these verses not only explain to us what is involved in spiritual growth, but they also explain to us why it's so important that we grow. And I might add the consequences of a person who has never grown, though they claim to know Christ. Now, let me give you the context again. As you will recall from our previous studies in Second Peter, that the background of this very wonderful letter, brief letter, only three chapters, but filled with wonderful truths, the background of this letter is that certain teachers had infiltrated uh, these New Testament uh, first century churches that Peter was addressing. And these being false teachers obviously were teaching error. That's how you get the term false teacher. One of the heretical teachings that they uh, were propagating was that they claimed that they had uh, hidden and higher knowledge, information that they would uh, would share with people, and if they shared it with you, you would become more spiritual. So that's so. What they were saying is they had they possessed hidden deeper knowledge than what the average person, average Christian had, and that if the average Christian had this knowledge and information which only they had, it would enhance their spiritual life. This later, though it was in the beginning stages here, this later developed into a systematic heresy in the 2nd and 3rd and 4th century, known later as Gnosticism, to know. The Greek word for knowledge is gnosis, and that's where we get this Gnosticism. But the beginning stages are found right here, right here. Now, that's why Peter starts off his letter. He jumps right into it after he greets them in verses 3 and 4 with dealing with this very issue. Let's look at this again because it's going to connect with the verses that we're going to study. Verses 3 and 4, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these things, or but for by these, he has granted to us precious, his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now we took last week to uh, break that down phrase by phrase, but let me give you the gist of it. Peter is telling us that God has provided uh, two things for us to grow. He's made two provisions that we need to grow spiritually. So he's keeping in the same theme of, of growth. In verse 3, he tells us that God has provided all things pertaining to life and godliness. That is, everything you need to, uh, to have spiritual vitality, the life that God has given you in Christ, giving us eternal life, and everything you need to grow, all things pertaining to godliness have already been given to you. How have they been given? Where have they been given? through the knowledge of the word of God. That's why he says it's through the true knowledge of him who called you by his own glory and excellence. The true knowledge is the knowledge of the word of God, is divine revelation. Everything you need to, to enhance your spiritual growth, everything you need to deal with any behavioral issue you have has all been revealed in the word of God. That is to say, you don't need any outside information. You don't need to run to psychology to try to get help on your behavior problems. Now, if you have a medical problem, as we said last week, that's affecting behavior, then get it taken care of medically. 
but you don't need psychology. Psychology is uh, something that has come up. It's not even really a science, as I read to you from a psychiatrist uh, last week. It is uh, what he called applied speculation. It is not a science, but it, it poses itself in one sense as the new Gnosticism, saying you need this information to help you that the Bible has gaps in, in really these deep issues of life. We need Freud and Carl Jung and these others, and we need to combine it with the Bible. And, and if you have that, then everything will be fine. That's not what Peter said. Peter said you have all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called you by his own glory and excellence. So that's the first thing God has given us. The word of God is sufficient to deal with our behavior issues to promote godliness. Second provision is found in verse 4. He speaks of God giving us a divine nature, a divine nature. He's given you a new nature. And, and, and what is this new nature? Well, it is, it is, in a sense, his nature. That doesn't mean we're going to be just like God. In fact, there are some attributes of God that you and I will never have. We will never be omniscient. We will never be omnipresent. But in this sense, what Peter is talking about, we have been given the divine nature in the sense of some of the moral attributes of God have been given to us. We can love, we can be compassionate, we can be merciful, we can be kind. All the things of, of God's moral nature in that sense, we've been given. Why? Why does he tell us this? Because not only have you been given new information from the word of God or information about Christ to help you to grow spiritually, but you've been given a divine nature that empowers you to obey the word of God. In other words, God isn't just giving you a Bible and says, hey, you're on your own. I, I set it in motion. I gave you the word. Now you do everything in your own effort to keep it. No, he's given us a divine nature that gives us the empowerments and the capacity to obey the word of God. So no Christian can ever legitimately say that, that where uh, they, they see the truth in Scripture, they see what they ought to do, but they don't have the strength to obey it. That's just not uh, a valid uh, approach. The issue isn't that they can't obey, it's that they won't obey. They refuse to obey. So if somebody tells you that, who claims to know Christ, I just can't do this, uh, that's not true. The issue is that they won't obey because they are rebellious to what God has said. God has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness and a new nature that can handle anything that God commands us to do. So having told us what God has provided for our spiritual growth, Peter doesn't stop there. Beginning with verse 5, he takes it a little further because the apostle tells us that we now, having received the provisions that we need, now we have a responsibility in this process we call growth to, uh, to do something. Now we put some human effort to it. And Peter lists seven virtues that we are to add to the faith which God has already given us, which he told, told us that he has given us faith, in verse 1, you've received a faith of the same kind as ours. We received that faith. And now he tells us that we are to add to the faith he's given us. The process of adding these virtues is spiritual growth. That's spiritual growth. So Peter lists seven virtues that we're to add to our faith. And as these virtues are added, you and I are growing in the Lord. And what will happen as a result of this? Notice verse 8. You'll be useful and productive. He says, for if these qualities or these virtues or character traits, however way you want to put it, are yours and are increasing, that's the growth, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You won't be unproductive. You'll be bearing fruit in whatever capacity that means. You'll be, you'll be useful for the kingdom. But let me take it a step further. Not only will you be useful as you grow, 
but you'll make sure that you really are a Christian. Your assurance of salvation is tied to your growth. Notice verse 10. This is what Peter means when he says, Therefore, brethren, in light of all of this, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. Why does he say this? Because the only way you and I can know for certain that we have come to faith in Christ is we see evidence of new life in our life. The Bible never tells us to go back to a point in time. If you can figure that out when you were saved, then that's your assurance. There was a point in time, but the Bible always tells us that assurance is based on seeing a reflection of Christ in us. Certainly not perfection. None of us are there. The more you grow, in fact, the paradox is the more you grow, the more you feel like you're, you're really not growing. But there ought to be some evidence of growth in your life, and that's how you make your calling and election sure. It's sure as far as God is concerned, but we need to make sure in our own lives that we really are saved. Now, let me just bring some of these together. This is, ve- this is a very, very practical portion of Scripture for several reasons. First of all, spiritual growth is a key issue in our lives. There are some Christians who have not grown spiritually like they should, and I think one reason is because they've not been taught how to grow. They've not been taught. They have to grow a little bit or you're not a believer. There has to be some fruit there, but they've not been taught how to grow, or perhaps they've, they've been taught an unbalanced view of growth, like my roommate who's sort of waiting, I guess, for God to just do it all. And so if you don't have the right theology of growth, you won't grow properly. There are some others who actually go the other extreme. They, they put all human effort into it, and they don't understand God's role in it. So uh, Peter is going to help us out because he's going to give you a balanced view about spiritual growth. Secondly, other people's lack of spiritual growth may indicate that they never really have trusted Christ. You know, there are many people who go to church and are associated with, with Christians uh, who can talk a good talk, but you know what? There's nothing happening in their lives spiritually. They can tell you that they were a child when they pray to receive Christ, but maybe they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s now, and, and when you question them, well, what's happened since that time? Have you ever grown? Have you ever noticed a change in your life? Do you have a desire to obey? No. No. Listen, I understand there are times of backsliddenness in a Christian's life, and there can be carnal behavior, but um, when someone claims to know Christ and has never grown, that's not that's not backslidden. They, they didn't even go far enough to slide back. They didn't receive Christ. That means like they were spiritually stillborn. That they, they did not come to know Christ. There has to have been some type of growth. If there was no growth, there's no life. As Chuck Swindoll says, if you've got the root, let's see the fruit. So, so their life has never indicated any relationship with him. Peter's teaching is very helpful at this point because you don't want to continue like that. You don't want to be self-deceived. You want, don't want to be satanically deceived either. Thinking that I made this profession, yes, I must be a believer. But Peter tells us, and he wrote to many Christians here, listen, make sure of your election and calling. You may feel uncomfortable about that. You may feel, but I, but I know I'm a believer. Yeah, but if there's no evidence, you don't know you're a believer. Don't have false assurance. So I think Peter's, Peter's counsel here is very helpful. Number three, on the other hand, there are some people who really do know Christ, but, and there's evidence in their lives, but these poor souls who know him lack assurance that they know him. And I, and I know how horrible it is because for many years of my Christian life, uh, I didn't have the assurance of my salvation. And I know there are others like that. These folks do not lack salvation. They just lack the assurance of it. They are saved. They just continue to doubt, and it's a, it's a miserable kind of existence. 
Well, Peter's going to help you there too, because as you see growth, as you see evidence in your life, you can rest assured that you really know Christ because unbelievers don't grow spiritually. They don't have life. They don't have spiritual life to mature, so they can't grow. If these things are happening in your life, the things we're going to go over this morning, and there are other passages of Scripture, especially 1 John that address this issue, but if you see growth in these areas in your life, you know that you that you know him, and you can know that you can know that you can know him. So having said that, this is the background of these verses. Peter tells us, and this is this is really the summary of the whole passage, how to grow so that we'll be fruitful Christians and be assured of our salvation. That's what this is about, okay? Having said that, if you're taking notes, and I'd encourage you to do that, we're going to look at uh, three key truths about spiritual growth. Three key truths about spiritual growth. This is a theology of spiritual growth. Uh, We're only going to look at one of these key truths this morning, and Lord willing, next Sunday we'll look at the other two key truths about spiritual growth. So the first one, what is the first key truth that you and I need to know in order to grow? It is this. I'd mark this down. The requirement for spiritual growth is diligence. It's diligence. It's, it's human effort. And I'll explain that in a moment. Let's see how Peter teaches this. He says in, in verse 5, beginning with verse 5, Now, for this very reason also, applying all diligence. Peter starts off this section by connecting it to what he's just said in the previous two verses. And what has he told us up to this point? As, as we just went over, he has informed us that God has given us all we need to grow spiritually, his word and a divine nature. Now, in light of the fact that God has given us everything we need to grow, Peter says, you've got a responsibility. It's not going to happen automatically. The provisions are there, but you need to do something in order to grow. And what do we need to do? Notice verse 5 again. We need to be applying all diligence. Applying all diligence or make every effort to grow in the Lord. It's interesting, Peter uses a Greek word here, translated diligence or effort, but it goes beyond that. It speaks of zeal, it speaks of eagerness, quick movement, haste. So the thought is that that not only am I to, to be uh, making some effort, but I'm to, to be zealous in this. So there, I'm to put some real strain and, and, and activity into this, so exert some strenuous effort and diligence in pursuing the goal of spiritual maturity. Listen, you are not going to grow up spiritually unless you do something about it. It won't happen by osmosis. It's not happening automatically. Even if you have, and, and as believers, we do have the word, we do have a divine nature. Even with all of that, unless you do something, it's not going to take place. Now, as I said before, this bothers a lot of Christians because it just doesn't seem to compute with our view of God as the one who works in our hearts to bring about change. You know what? It's true. God is the only one who can bring about change. No question about that. In fact, Romans 8, 28 and 29 tell us that God is so sovereign, he uses all things to, he works it all together for everything in our lives to be used to to make us more like Christ. That's what he means by all things work together for good. So God is the one doing that. And so the question is, if if it is God at work in us to make us like Christ, then why do we need to do anything? We'll have to answer that thought-provoking question on the next Verse by Verse. And it shouldn't be a surprise that the answer is in another portion of Scripture. Whenever we have a question about God's Word, it seems that God has already answered our question, either in a nearby passage or in another book in our Bibles. Thanks for tuning in today to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. 
If you're in the area and looking for a place to worship, I'd like to invite you to give Lakeside a try. The address is 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater. You can find directions and service times online at lakesidechapel.com. Or you can call Lakeside at 727-441-1714. That's 727-441-1714. Or go online to lakesidechapel.com. While I'm tossing out web addresses, here's another one for you. Firstbyverseradio.org. That's where you can go if you'd like to listen again to today's broadcast or to any of the hundreds of other audio files available for free on the Message Archive page. And if the Lord is speaking to you about helping to support Verse by Verse, we try to make that as easy as we can for you through the giving page. Generous listeners like you are vital to the continued production and broadcasting of these Bible classes of the air. So thank you for giving and for praying. That web address is versebyverseradio.org. This is Jerry Peterson. It has been said that the difference between a Christian and an unsaved person is much like the difference between a sheep and a pig. Both of the critters get dirty, but the pig seems to like it. As believers, we fail to obey God from time to time. But what marks us as having new natures is that we no longer enjoy the disobedience. We want to do what God wants us to do. Join us for the next Verse by Verse as Pastor Steve discusses that. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's verse by W262CP. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.